Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Six PM. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury: the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in, everybody. Third and final hour of Sharp Money is underway live from Las Vegas at our South Point Sportsbook Studio. Amal Shaw is here. Wyatt Tomchek behind the glass. I'm Ben Wilson. Final score, Amal, and a change atop the division in the AL East. Would you believe this? Rangers knock off the Rays 5-1. Only a solo homer in the ninth keeps the Rays from getting shut out. As uh, Josiah Gray looked, uh, John Gray looked uh, amazing today. Minus 125 favorites there for the Rangers. Under 9.5 hits going away in a 5-1 win. And uh, at, at the moment, Baltimore, with their win over the Dodgers and all, they are ahead on percentage points of Tampa. They've come all the way back in the AL East. Yeah, the Rays have really been struggling of late. We'll see if they can get back on track at some point in time. But right now, when I look at this team, I have some serious concerns with them offensively. That was the one thing I still thought was a little bit of an area of concern, Ben. They just, they will score in what seems like one or two innings, and then they can't score most the rest of the game. And tonight, they get a single run in the ninth inning. And looking at the updated uh, odds right now, Rays are still minus 170. Orioles plus 320 for those who are uh, for at least interested in that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's not, come on, at this point, closer. I mean, the Rays have blown a huge lead. and Four-game series starting tomorrow. Oh, boy. Can't wait for that. In the meantime, let's talk some a little bit of NBA. We'll also get into some tennis with our guy, Zach Cohen, who joins us right now, VEASAN writer and editor. I'm, I still feel so bad that I missed you, Zach. You were here in, in person. You're maiden voyage out to Sin City, at least since you've been a VEASAN employee, and uh, and I missed you, so I feel really bad. Uh, how was the whole summer league experience for you? What, what were kind of your main takeaways there uh, being over at the Thomas & Mack the last few days? I thought it was really cool. I mean, it's a really interesting environment. It's almost like AAU where you're seeing players just walking around in their jerseys and shorts. It's very unique. And then you're, you know, it's almost like an NBA con in a way where there's just every single players out there. So it's a pretty cool week to be out in Vegas. I was happy to be out there and meet everyone. Uh, as far as takeaways go, it's really not groundbreaking, but I thought Keontae George really blew me away for the jazz. Just, you know, a dynamic scorer that can, you know, shoot the jumper from all over the court. I think he's going to get a chance to play some big minutes right away, especially if, you know, they make a move with Colin Sexton. I'm not sure if they're going to, but George is a guy I'm looking at as a potential rookie of the year play. He's plus 7,500. I don't think there are that many players better than him as far as rookies go. So that's one I've definitely 
looking at. I really like Keontae George. Played at Baylor. This kid, he's from the Dallas area. He could really shoot the basketball. I think he's a guy you've really honed in on. That's a good call there. Uh, in terms of overall, is there anything that people can take by watching some of these players that may jump out to them that can maybe translate from a just overall betting standpoint? Or is it just basically like, hey, this is an opportunity for a lot of people to just go see some rookies play basketball? I think there are things you could take away. I mean, I think in the case of like the Thunder, where, you know, they're a center away from potentially becoming a playoff team, you see Chet go out there, do really well as a rim protector, uh, you know, flashed everything he flashed at Gonzaga offensively. That's a team that I'm looking at, you know, maybe to go over 43 and a half wins. And I think they're yeah. a playoff team. So, you know, that's a guy that I think inserts right away into the starting lineup, makes them a better team. And then another one, I think it'll guy like Jarius Walker for the Indiana Pacers is another one that just looks ready to go as a role player right away. That's not, that's kind of what I looked for at summer league players that can make a, you know, make an impact as a role player immediately rather than go out and score, you know, in bunches. What's interesting too, Zach was how the rookie of the year market really flipped after Victor Weminyama struggled in his first game as a, as a pro in the U.S. Stateside here went down to minus 130. You saw how good Scoot Henderson looked in his debut for Portland before getting hurt. So you have Henderson at four to one, then Holmgren in his first season after missing all last year with injury is plus 350. And then the number two pick, Brandon Miller from Charlotte, down at 12 to one. From that market, particularly, anything you would look to fire on right now? And is the Women Yama dip worth a bet on at this point? I was always looking to go against Wembenyama, not, you know, not fading him in any way, but I wasn't interested in taking him at that number. I think he's a little bit further away offensively than people might think. I think his jumper looks really nice, but it wasn't that effective, you know, in France. I think that he needs to get better there immediately. And I also think that he has a little bit to go in terms of getting stronger and being able to kind of bang with bigger players. So I do think there's some value in Scoot Henderson. I think there's some value in Brandon Miller. Uh, I really like Henderson as the play at plus 400. I think he's going to get a chance. They're going to roll out the ball to him. They're going to, you know, he's going to be the guy right away. So I think he's going to play really well as a rookie. I think the Chet, uh, you know, maybe makes the Thunder a much better team, but I'm a little bit nervous as far as rookie of the year goes, at, you know, the load management aspect of it. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there with Scoot Henderson. He's going to be ball dominant. He's going to be able to put up some certain, excuse me, statistics that are going to yeah. be really impressive for people. Let's switch gears here a little bit. I just want to ask you, because I know you're a tennis guy. Let's go. Uh, it's uh, U.S. Open still a long way away. Anybody that kind of jumps out to you, obviously Joker and Alcarez on the men's side. On the women's side, any other names that may stand out to you as well? On the women's side, I was really surprised that Von Drusev was going at plus 3,500. Yeah. I know I know that the story of that match was kind of that Anj Jabor gave it away. You know, she's the finalist three times that lost and really should have won. But Von Drusev is like an elite tennis player, you know, probably a top 10 player. I don't think that anything that we saw at Wimbledon was a fluke. And I think that actually going to Flushing Meadows helps her a bit. I think she's 83 and 46 on hard courts in her career. She's a really, really good player. And I just think that that's a really good number to get on her. There's not, you know, 15 better players in her, 20 better players in her. And that's the way that the market sets it now. So glad you brought that up. I, I told him all off air yesterday, Zach, that like, I was totally wrong when Vondrosova was a French Open finalist. Just because of how quirky her game is, I just figured as soon as players on tour got used to her style, she would kind of be a, a one-hit wonder and we wouldn't see her back on that stage. And I, I'm kind of happy to admit how wrong I was because she's such a fun player to watch, crafty, lefty. I love that you bring her up in, in that 35-to-1 range trying to defend her Wimbledon title. Uh, how about another player who skyrocketed and it's kind of been in a different way than like a Vondrosova, more on the hype than the actual results with Mira Andreva, who's now trading at 20-to-1 I'm seeing. I still, I still feel like that is kind of a ridiculous price for a 16-year-old who hasn't really done anything, but she took Madison Keys to the distance in the third round at Wimbledon, has shown some really good results so far. 
far. Uh, how do you expect her to look as, as she transitions to her first uh, full U.S. hardcourt season? That number jumped off the page to me, too. It definitely feels a little bit low, but as far as Andreeva goes, I do think she'll probably win a slam like a lot sooner than we think, and it's going to be the type of thing where we're like, oh, my God, a 17-year-old just, just won a grand slam. I think her game is really close to ready. I think that there, there are things that happened in that Keys match that kind of threw her off mentally, but there, were, there was a lot working against her there anyway. She's not a player that has a lot of experience on grass, almost has no experience on grass, and Keys, a player with a big serve, big forehand, that's a tough place to beat her. I think she She'll translate a little bit better over to hard courts. And yeah, I think very soon she's going to be winning a slam. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This uh, young girl, if you haven't seen her play with 16 years old, she, she is going yeah. to be extremely dangerous in the future going forward on the men's side. Alcaraz has now jumped to the favorite against the Joker. Joker's made, I think what nine of the last 10 semifinals or finals at Flushing Meadows, even though he's only won three times. How do you see this one? Uh, Alcaraz 125 Joker plus 160. And then, Medvedev six to one. Anybody else even that you might consider on the men's side? The one that I'm considering, and it's not as a play to win, it's a play to like hope they get to the quarters or semis and hedge, is Andre Rublev is up there at plus 4,000. Rublev is having a really good season, you know, arguably a career year. He won his first Masters 1000 title this year. Uh, he really took it to Djokovic at Wimbledon. That's not where he's supposed to play him well. You know, that's. Djokovic, the king of grass. I know he lost to Alcaraz, but beating him there, you know, competing with him there is really tough. So I think Rublev showed a lot at Wimbledon. I think that he's not getting enough respect from the odds makers. I think there were 14 players listed above him in the odds. There's not 14 players better than Rublev. I think he's probably seventh or eighth best player in the world. I, I made this point to him all, Zach, yesterday. Think about all the head cases, too, ahead of a guy in the odds board like Andre Rublev. I mean, Sitsipas. Zverev, rude, not his favorite surface on the hard court. It's curious it, is a complete wild card at 28 to one. It's like there are, you're right. There are fewer safer bets. At least it's just overall talent and, and what you're going to get mentally match and match out them all than a guy like Andre Rublev. I, I agree with Zach in terms of talent, but when you say head case, Andre Rublev's right up there with these guys. Well, I mean, <laughs> There's no question about it. These guys go off the boil so quick. I mean, it's that's, unbelievable. That's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, the reality is I always sit there and think, thank God these guys are all country club kids because I don't think they could actually deal with any kind of adversity in life. <sighs> no way. Uh, there was a match for, uh, I think, last year. Rublev really did make kind of like a complete 180 in terms of, you know, dealing with pressure on the court. But there was a match last year where something didn't go his way and he started hitting his own knee with his racket. Oh, I thought he was going to. So, yeah, I, was, that I, was, I, was, I think that was the one at Indian Wells where he starts beating yeah. himself <laughs> against Taylor Fritz. I thought he was going like, to yeah. break his leg. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, so I, I, I get what you're saying. I, <laughs> I, I, I know. And I, that doesn't look great. I still believe he's a guy who's made somewhat of a turnaround in the metal department. Uh, and, and look, at 40 to 1, it's definitely a, a longer shot. Again, Zach Cohen joining us right now. Give him a follow uh, at Zico on, on the uh, Twitter machine there. And Zach, you think about uh, that. Just the top of the odds board for the men's side real quick. So it was Djokovic probably going to trade at a minus money price had he won what I felt was a coin flip match against Carlos Alcaraz. It's just funny how we've gone back and forth. It felt like Alcaraz was way too big of a favorite in their French Open semifinal meeting. What happens? Djokovic wins, goes on to win the tournament. Flip side of the of the Wimbledon final where Djokovic was probably too big of a favorite to begin with, got bet down, then Alcaraz goes ahead and wins. Is this kind of the same thing where it's like, sure, Djokovic is, has been beaten now by Alcaraz in the tables of tournament, but should he not still be? I mean, he was, what, even money before that loss in a coin flip five-setter. Plus 160 feels a little bit rich of a swing all the way on a dip for Djokovic. And one, I, at least I don't know how you feel. I'd be happy to buy on that. 
I think it could be a little bit closer in the market between the two, but I do think this is the closest we've gotten to what it should be since the beginning of the year. I went into kind of the French Open kind of agreeing with Alcaraz being, you know, a minus 200 favorite over Djokovic, and then we got the huge swing at Wimbledon. I wrote it up in my column for vcin.com, and I thought it went way too far in the other direction. I think these two are very much on a level playing field, and I do think that I give a slight slight edge to Alcaraz on hard courts now, but yeah, I think this is as close as it's been, and I think it's it should be a little bit closer. Yeah, fascinating to see how that will, will play out. So we have the men who go to Atlanta to start the uh, the true U.S. hardcourt swing next week. Women go to the City Open in D.C. along with the men. Those will be 500-level events uh, in a, a week's time. So excited for that. Zach will have full match-by-match breakdowns of all those in his daily plays as we get into the uh, the hardcourt season. All, uh, Zach's done a great work since joining the team, so glad to uh, have him aboard. It's great. I love the information. I love your passion for tennis as well. I'm all and I were tennis guys. Zach, so, you know, we, we come from a, a good place. Uh, underscores. Good, yeah. I, I admitted the underscore, by the way, my bad Zico underscore Zico, where you can find uh, Zach on Twitter. I'm all and I are going to have to discuss that. Uh, the whole Zung Shui uh, situation as well, Zach, because I mean, what an af- absolute travesty that was. We're going to talk about that uh, in our, in our final hour, Zach, thank you so much for stopping by though. I'm sure we'll be checking in with you uh, many a time before the U S open tennis gets underway. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. Yeah, the, the Zhang Shui thing, if you have not seen that, we will we will talk about it next. It is one of, and especially as it relates to, because this was a big sports betting thing, too. If you had, let's say you had a bet on what happened uh, in the tennis, this is one of the most ridiculous displays or lack thereof of sportsmanship I have ever seen in a professional tennis match. We'll give a, a short discussion on that when we come back right here on VEASAN Sharp Money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Always love getting some a tennis banter in with Zach Cohen has done an outstanding job since he joined the team a few months ago. I give him a follow again at underscore Zico. A lot of content from him still to come over this hard court summer tennis season. And just had to bring up them all. We, what, what happened yesterday, just crazy uh, situation in the Hungarian open yeah. that has drawn a lot of scorn across the women's game where Zung Shui, who is a popular player on the women's tour. She's playing in a five, five match for set against Kiara Toth, who is a Hungarian had the crowd behind her clay court uh, match there. WTA two fifty, low level tournament first round. So Shwai hits a, hits a point, a cross-court forehand that looks pretty clearly in, hits the side of the line. Now on clay, if the lines person calls it out, they don't do the Hawkeye challenger. They just have the, the, uh, the line judge, the chair ump, come down and look at it. So the lines person calls it in first, then says out. Shwai's like, wait, well, no way, that was clearly in. Right. Ask the chair ump to come look at it. Chair ump gets down off her chair. She does like two steps toward the line and goes, no, it was out. Yeah. Shwai comes up to the net and she goes, what are you looking at? The yeah. ball was, I can see it right here. She, it was clearly in the player. She's playing against Kiara Toth comes over and literally wipes away the mark with her foot. And the crowd starts booing Zhuang Shui, the, the Chinese player. And she decided, and I give her so much credit for this. She decided to shake the hand of the ump, shake the hand of the player. And she just, she retired on the spot. She just, she said, I, I'm not playing. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I did like the fact that she shook hands with both parties uh, but to me, based on the way she's played this year, she needs as many matches as possible. <laughs> now, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yes, fair. it's not been a good year uh, but, for Zhang But, Chua. you know, getting back just to kind of finish the bow on tennis here, the clay court is so terrible. Uh, it looks like it's in or not. I mean, can we not? You, you've got millions of dollars at stake for these players. Can we not at least use the Hawkeye or at least um, real bounce in terms of the technology sure. for the review? It's, and it's been the bet, best thing from the betting perspective. It's been the best. I mean, just talk, forget betting for a second, just the sport in general. Like the introduction of the Hawkeye has been the best thing for a, from a review system of any sport we have seen. And yet clay court tennis continues to live in the, in the stone ages, basically, as if to say, you know, we don't, we don't really need it now, at least um, a lot of books will force, you know, if you're betting offshore, you usually need the match to go like the, to least, go the distance. Yeah. Somewhere, Some yeah. books, it is just one set. So Correct. for a lot of, for most people betting, this was no action. It's not like he got screwed and, and lost with Zung Shui. Not like she was winning the match. Anyway, it was five all, but I, it's like for something like that, I, I can't remember ever seeing a, like a display of, of sportsmanship that bad where Toth was literally cheering. Like she raised her arms as soon as uh, Shui retired. And again, say what you want about her decision to retire in the match. Like it's one bad call. Uh, there are certain coaches who would say, you know what, just hit the ball. Like my high school tennis coach would say, hit the ball five feet inside the line next time. <laughs> don't, don't even leave it to chance because yeah, exactly. there was hooking involved all sorts of, all sorts of time in, in junior tennis. But still, the point being that I, I can't remember seeing anything as bad as that. And it's, uh, it's been rightful to see, rightfully so, that a lot of women's players on tours have been extremely upset at uh, Miss Toth, they're the Hungarian. Yeah, look, she's ranked 548th in the world. I mean, she's not going anywhere <laughs> yeah. fast. She's got to try and steal every win she can get. But speaking of things that are offensive, I just saw Adam Duvall try and run from first to third base I on a bad that. pitch. Excuse me, on a bad throw over uh, in the Oakland A's Boston Red Sox game. And I'll tell you, I mean, right now, I don't think I've seen a slower runner. I mean, that dude looked like he was carrying a piano on his back, getting from second to third. He <laughs> makes it in there because the ball in Oakland, that's one of the things I love is the foul territory is so great. Yeah. I mean, it took forever for them to chase it down, and now you wind up with a runner on third. But the Sox right now trailing 6-4. to four. 
uh, in Oakland on a beautiful sunny day in the Bay. That was a game where uh, both teams scored two runs in the first inning. Balls yeah. have been a flying, and the latest, uh, oh, I believe this wasn't over, just double-checking from our odds board, uh, because we talk about one Florida team really struggling out of the break, the Tampa Bay Rays. Another team in Florida really struggling as well out of the break. The Miami Marlins, who got, go down 6-4 today uh, to the St. Louis Cardinals. It's Santi Alcantara got lit up early, gave up a four spot right away in the first inning. That did go over them all. Eight and a half was the total. 6-4 final behind uh, Dakota Hudson and the St. Louis Cardinals, who win. is basically a coin flip today. And you just have to wonder now for the Miami Marlins, who uh, entering today, if you looked at their position in the wild card standings, uh, we're sitting uh, we're sitting even with the Philadelphia Phillies. Now they've dropped a half game back, have lost five straight. And we, we mentioned now there's two teams really right now, Miami and Arizona, who are pretty much in the even money range to make the playoffs. And you got to be concerned with what you're seeing them all out of the Marlins after all those one run wins they had first half of the year. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I think right now when you look at it, you know, it's going through the Cardinals schedule last night. With the loss oh, today, now, well, uh, I don't know. They've got they've got enough games. They play Milwaukee for seven games. The schedule is not that daunting. This loss today makes six in a row for the Marlins. Now, uh, this team is in a lot of trouble. I I I just think they kind of did a little bit with smoke and mirrors, but they get the Rockies in a good spot on Friday. I can tell you right now, Ben, you got uh, Connor Seabold going against Braxton Garrett. I think this is a great spot to bet the fish on Friday if you can just kind of bookmark it for sure. a play you want to make on a team on a six-game losing streak coming off the road. They'll have a day in between, which is very important. So I think it'll be a good opportunity for them. Um, to me, though, you're right. This team, I, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to sustain themselves. And by the way, the Phillies quietly are making some strides. Not that they're going to catch Atlanta, but overall in terms of National League wild card, they're right there. Yeah, how, did, uh, how good did Aaron Nola look last night, by the yeah. way? I mean, he just mowed down Milwaukee. Like, it, he barely broke well, a sweat on a hot and humid night. I get the Brewers have no hitting. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, it's, I mean, the Brewers don't really count. That's AAA. Yeah. I mean, what is that, AAA Oshkosh's team? I mean, Nashville. They, well, it used to be the Nashville Sounds. I think it's the uh, Colorado Springs Sky Sox. Yeah, I don't know. I just figured this team plays in Oshkosh based, based on the way the offense is. It, it's so bad. Wisconsin Timber, the, uh, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, single A affiliate all. You got to drop all the way down to single A. What city is that one in? Uh, that is in Apple. It's in the Appleton uh, okay. Fox Valley. It's based, uh, Appleton Oshkosh. It's you know you're you're allowed to call it all the same. So, some much. of the great names ever are in the state of Wisconsin of cities. Yes. Oh, it is pretty impressive. The, but you know you look right now, Dodgers lose today. Find no big deal. Um, Padres get that easy win against. Uh, uh, Who's the guy uh, for the? Oh, for Blue Bria, Jays. Uh, not Bruce. Manoa last Manoa, night. Manoa, thank Manoa you. Looked, Manoa, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know. The NL looks like it's starting to be top-heavy. Atlanta, the Dodgers, Milwaukee, San Francisco's playing great baseballs. Nobody's talking about this team. They've won seven in a row. I mean, they just continue to sizzle. And now with the loss today by the Dodgers, I believe they're tied in the loss column with L.A. So they've got an opportunity here. This team just is absolutely flying. I mean, you talk about a team. They won three World Series in 10, 12, and 14. And the Giants are just an afterthought. I thought arguably the best performance of any team this year in a series was the Giants in Los Angeles where they went into Dodger stadium and just beat the brakes oh, off the Dodgers. Yeah. I have one, by the way, one back now of LA one back in both the win and loss columns yeah. of the San Francisco giants. But you look at some of the streaks too, where Phillies won four straight Marlins actually today was their sixth straight loss. So Marlins now a game back of the Phillies for that final wild card spot in the live standings. Reds have lost six straight. They're three back in the wild card. We only really view them though as a contender in the NL central as the Reds now uh, sit at, at the at the moment here, two and a half back in Milwaukee. So uh, that that's where it kind of turns into. Like San Diego is finally able to write the ship them all. You called their season over on Saturday. They're seven and a half back in the wild card. I, I, if the St. Louis Cardinals somehow make the playoffs, I will quit watching baseball for uh, well 
for like six months. As, 20, as someone who has had to suffer my entire life with these ridiculously bad St. Louis teams that find ways to somehow get in the playoffs and then make deep runs, I, I still can't. I'm still not over the 2011 playoff run where the St. Louis Cardinals were objectively bad. And they beat and, the Rangers. And somehow, uh, well, they not only that, they destroyed the Brewers, who had owned them in the regular season in the NLCS, beat the Rangers on just a, a miraculous uh, You can, you can think my beloved sequence. Atlanta Braves were blowing like a nine-and-a-half wild-card game lead that year. Yeah, yes, that was right. a miserable. Can, oh. can you make it something more intriguing so then I can start paying attention to the Cardinals I, I know, for the final I, 60 games? I know, right? Like him, him stopping watching baseball doesn't do anything for me. So if it was something more interesting, I would get behind yeah. the Cardinals I'll, right uh, now. I will, I'll, I'll bike to the next broadcast I have in Worcester, Massachusetts. Tomorrow. There you go. Well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> if the Cardinals make the playoffs. No, 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 no. We're going to hide your, uh, your little cloth that you have uh, for your phone. Oh, you can't yeah, use well, it for a week. See, people don't know about my, my, uh, my OCD? high functioning OCD. I got to have this, this cloth to keep like my screen. You will not find a person with a cleaner, a phone, I, iPad, laptop screen than me. And I would, I would lose my mind if it was taken away. That's actually that, pretty good. White. That's pretty good. I, I actually give you credit. I don't care if it's OCD. I just like the cleanliness, but uh, you know, you talk about these teams right now. I don't think the Cardinals can necessarily make a push. They're too far behind, but the schedule is not bad. Um, again, I was looking up the 78 Yankees who were 14 games behind the Red Sox, and then they win that playoff game. They actually had a three and a half game lead in September and when the end up going on to win the World Series, the, the, the additional game against the Red Sox with the Bucky Den Homer. But so the number of games back is not out of the uh, question. But the problem right now for me is can St. Louis play consistently enough? The talent is still there. Milwaukee's offense scuffling so much. I don't think it's something that you could necessarily count against. Look, they've got seven games coming up on the road at the Cubs and against the Diamondbacks. Then they've got four more at the Cubs at home. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Look, they've got seven games against Milwaukee. You'd have to go six and one probably, in my opinion, to be able to sure. make a push. I, I don't know. In baseball, you never know. Look, Tampa looked like they were absolutely unfallible in the first eight weeks of the season. Now, all of a sudden, the Rays look like they're holding on for dear life in the American League East. Sure. And you think about some teams now where you could you could make a case, too, to, to buy the dip or or back the current winning streak. Giants are a great case of a team that's won seven straight. We'll talk about the slate in the next segment yeah. for the games today because you have the Giants who are red hot, Reds who are ice cold, and, and lo- Reds who couldn't score coming out of the break. Finally got the, the bats to work, but lose a marathon yesterday as, as they lose their sixth straight game today. So Graham Ashcraft goes to the Reds against Ross Stripling. That's one of several money line coin flip type games for later on today. Uh, we'll talk about the whole slate as a whole for their games still to get underway with first pitches in a little over an hour's time. That is next when we return right here on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Download the DraftKings app today and new customers can bet $5 and get $150 in bonuses instantly. Use promo code VSIN when you sign up. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. We still have a bunch of Major League Baseball still to come later on today. Back with them all, Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson from Las Vegas, our South Point Sportsbook studio. A big thanks to the whole crew as well. Jeremy Wengel, Isaiah Wrinkle, our technical directors, Rob Moreno hanging out as well. Michelle Delgadillo on graphics, Sean McCollum on audio, and uh, Wyatt Tomchek will not be with us tomorrow, so we had to make sure to get some Packer. Any any Wisconsin talk is good, Amal. So. We got we got gone racing tomorrow, so. That is big, what you're big doing. Big Picker had a really good day. Now we're only minus 20 units, but we're closing on Motley. <laughs> Brendan Gaughan is like, like miles ahead of us right really now. I don't really understand anything you just said other than you're down 20. Yeah, units. it's all I got too. <laughs> uh, we had some bad luck. We had some, uh, just unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it's always the tire did not go Didn't our way. Didn't you have the bet on the guy, the random uh, guy, the international guy who won in the road race in Chicago in the rain? That, no, was... that, was, that was my personal bet. 
Brendan, I think Jeremy Wangle had, was on yeah, he that. Did. Was he did. He had him pretty that well. That was crazy. Brendan yeah, had I, him. Shane Van Giesbergen. Okay, sure. 11 to 1 to finish top three. That's why he's like miles ahead of us right now. Interesting. Okay, well, that went right over our heads. I am recording the uh, Amaldi Visa F1 betting podcast with our guy Mikhail Miranda after we wrap up today. So, Hungarian Grand Prix this week. Catch the action. Get ready for it. Let me guess. Verstappen is going to win. Sure. Yeah, probably. Minus he's, 500. He's minus like 300 already. Probably will be higher. Uh, rest of the baseball card for tonight, though. I mentioned out of that break, Amal, we have the Ross Stripling for San Francisco. Graham Ashcraft for Cincinnati matchup tonight. Giants have won seven straight. Reds have lost six straight. Last night, you get the crazy back and forth. Giants win 11-10. Two of the teams who scored 10-plus uh, runs yesterday, two of the 12 yesterday in Major League Baseball. What would you do with this one where it's a basically a pick em. We've seen balls flying out of the yard all over the place, especially at the hitter's paradise of Great American Ballpark, where a total now is sitting at 10.5. Some books, including DraftKings, have touched 11 with underjuice. Yeah, I, I think this is one where you'd potentially look at um, just betting a over here at 5-5. Five, five, it's very possible. Ashcroft just pitched well. That's the only concern I have. Or maybe you like the Reds to get back on track. But right now, both teams, you know, we saw the breakout last night, 21 runs. Giants are playing extremely well. It's hard to take an under in this ballpark with this weather right now in the middle of July. I mean, it's the ideal hitting conditions if you're looking at it from an offensive standpoint. That's why it's funny to you mention that because there's another game I'm looking at that, like, I'm really tempted to uh, you know, to look at it under, but it's like at, it, when you go to Philadelphia, you think about Citizens Bank Park in July, where yesterday, I mean, Kyle Schwarber basically hit you know, hit a pop up leading off the game that went yard to right. left center. So hard to look at unders in in those certain situations, especially when you factor in how the balls have been flying sure right out of the out of the yard since the All Star break. So if anything, I would probably look at maybe like a first five under for these if it's pitching matchups that I like. And Colin Rea goes for Milwaukee, who's been an unheralded guy. He's a journeyman, played overseas a lot, lot of years with a lot of different organizations. But he's one of those guys who's, who's better the first couple times through the order. Generally, don't see him go more than about five innings a mall. He's a guy whose stuff starts to get hit as he goes third time through the order, but more of a ground ball pitcher. I like his stuff against Philadelphia today. And you think about who's on the other side here, Christopher Sanchez, uh, the lefty and in Milwaukee has just, I mean, Milwaukee has been abysmal hitting against lefties, righties, you name it. So as much as it scares me to look at an under, I'd be tempted at a, like at a first five. If you wanted to have the gumption there, it's nine for the full game. I, I see one or two fives out there in the market. There's mostly four and a half. So try to shop around there. But if you could find five, I'd actually look at a first five under there. Yeah, I'm not a gen- uh, generally a guy who plays the first five innings, but it's not a bad bet at all because it's going to take a six to beat you if you're looking to make this bet. And if you're betting it and it goes to six in the first five, chances are you're probably going to get beat for the game total for itself. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, my whole argument against the first five is this. I don't want to get beat in a situation based on one inning. I think pitchers are so good at the major league level that you can overcome a crooked number inning. Pitcher settles in. And over the long haul of the game, you have an opportunity to still stay under. So that, that's one of the reasons I'm a big advocate of the whole game. Uh, but, I, you know, Reyes pitched decent. I'm not a big Colin Reyes guy. This Phillies team, though, continues to play well. Milwaukee with a great opportunity, right? They, they come up. They did lose the game last night. But overall, they're feeling pretty good where they're at just in terms of their performance. They win against the Reds uh, three in a row. And if you go back to the previous Sunday, that, that was four in a row. Now you got a Phillies team you're not going to be really competing with them for the wild card that much because I think when you look at it from a standing stand, well, actually they are because they're only yeah, technically yeah, right. Right. I mean, I'm kind of looking at the division perspective, but the Phillies at 52 and 42 Milwaukee at 52 and 43. So it is an important game from a wild card standpoint. If you could somehow yeah. win, manage to win this game and worst case scenario, you lose tomorrow, you only drop a game against the Phils. And if the giants continue to do some work for you, 
And it's it's a great situation for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Sure, if yeah, if you were to insert any team from the AL East per se, who would be yeah. first place in the NL Central, Brewers right now would be a half game back of Philadelphia for the final wild card spot. So yeah, still, even though we kind of view this NL Central race as being one where the team who wins will be the one representative of that division in the playoffs, with how like, with how Miami has struggled, with you know with how. Arizona has started to fall back to earth. There's like, there's a case to be made. You could find a world in which, especially with San Diego looking very, very mediocre where a Milwaukee or Cincinnati could somehow get in as that third wild card team. I don't think you, you or I view that as being likely, but it's certainly a possibility. No, no question about it. And so uh, I, again, I look at the, uh, that first five under fives are out in the market and Christopher Sanchez has been good. 326 ERA with a 339 expected fielding independent pitching the lefty for Philadelphia Brewers third worst team in the major leagues uh, in the WRC plus metric against lefties this year. Uh, going through the rest of the, the Cardamal, uh, we, we mentioned Milwaukee, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Cincinnati, couple games with postseason imp- implications. Uh, you were on the Braves run line last night. And I mean, again, I, I thought as soon as they put up a five spot in the first, you were, you were lights out, close the door. Well, now Charlie Morton goes up, takes the bump for Atlanta against Ryan Nelson of Arizona. Another big price today for Atlanta. It's over a $2 favorite. 10 is the total after the two teams combined for 29 runs last night. I've got uh the, this is an interesting matchup with Morton going. I, I think this is another spot where you could come back with the Braves run line. I think this is another good opportunity, Ben, simply because Morton's been good. He's been effective. Nelson's yep. had his issues. Atlanta's on a three-game losing streak. I think this is a good spot, again, for the Braves. I would lay the run on a half here. I don't want to lay 220. And here's one of the reasons why I advocate the run line so much. Last night's a perfect example. So you lose the play on the Diamond. Uh, the Diamondbacks win the game. So Atlanta loses in terms of the bet. But you're not laying nearly the number you're laying last night was 115. Why would you want to lay 220 and lose the game when you can, if in theory you lose the game at minus 120? Yes, you can argue you can win the game by one run, but over the course of a year, you come out so much further ahead based on the math. Sure, I to- totally get it, especially where yeah, last night. I mean, think I mean, about where Atlanta was at, but with the variance in that game too, you're expecting like how it played out early. Either Atlanta wins that game going away, or we saw what happened where the bullpen implodes and you lose. I mean, you're up 11 to eight in the top of the fifth, and it's not even just that. If I told you before the game the Braves are going to score. 13 runs. Yeah. I mean, you're like, okay, t- yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're like, bullpen? I'm taking that yeah. all day. And unfortunately for this team didn't work out that way. They did give up two unearned runs, but still it, it was just a missed opportunity by Atlanta's pitching staff. I think they bounce back with Morton yeah. on the bump tonight. Probably the pitching matchup of the night though, is uh, going to be, uh, we have, well, <laughs> I'd say two, you could make a case for the one I'm re- really interested in kind of as an underrated great pitching matchup tonight, Kenta Maeda of Minnesota against Luis Castillo of Seattle. And you look at the, at the Cardamal, that is your lowest total on the board for these night games, seven and a half, the total juiced under uh, with the Mariners about a dollar 50 money line favorite on the road. They try to bounce back after spot in their own right to the twins at home last night. Yeah, they absolutely got shelled Seattle right now at 47 and 47, not playing particularly well. Uh, they got to start to make some headway in, because the Texas Rangers just continue to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now in terms of the wild card, Seattle's that's probably going to be their best option, but they're four and a half games back with Boston, New York, the angels in front of them. It's a, it's a pretty crowded field about to be five back since uh, Houston has a four, nothing lead on Colorado in the ninth. So yeah, assuming exactly. that holds would be five back. And I've been totally wrong on Seattle. I love them coming out of the all-star break to get hot and they have 
squandered that opportunity for sure. Yeah, you know, look, they're still in a position to be able to make a run. All they have to do is get to the postseason. I think this team is dangerous with the pitching that they have. But you're right, Maeda going in this one against Castillo. Great opportunity for the M's here, in my opinion, to get back on track after getting shelled last night. And it's not a bad price right now with the Castillo on the bump at 144. I think this is one where I would look at the Mariners here. Sure. You mentioned Maeda. I'm not as high of a Kenta Maeda guy as maybe some other people may be. Uh, forget the numbers, but he's he's been a little bit inconsistent this year. Now, he did have an outlier of a game where he gave up 10 runs against the Yankees. Last start, only three innings pitched, but let's see how long he lasts in this one. And Minnesota just continue to get gifts in that AL Central where the Guardians blew a 4 nothing lead today on the road against Pittsburgh. Aaron Savali was cruising until he wasn't. So Minnesota goes into this game tonight now. I'm all with a two-game lead, and they are literally two games over 500 in the division. Ben, you brought up a really good point. You got Savali on the bump today if you're the Guardians. Good opportunity to gain a game potentially against the Twinkies if they were to drop this game tonight against the M's. Um, those... Look, I'm not saying you got to win every game against Pittsburgh. That's not realistic. But when you've already dominated, the offense scored 21 runs in the first two games. You feel like you're on track. A good scenario, a good opportunity to be able to start to make some headway in this division. Um, I still think the Guardians, they've got three games coming up against the Phils, then they've got the Royals and the White Sox. I still personally feel the Guardians are going to win this division. I felt that way go, you know, going before the All-Star break. And every time it seems, it's a classic two-step forward, one giant step back team. They just, can't, they just can't get out of their own way, Amal, and today no, was right. a, the latest example of that. No, you're absolutely right. Today was a missed opportunity, but the one thing I love about this in baseball, as long as you're within a few games, a handful of games, you're sure. going to have an opportunity going down to the stretch. I mean, it's, it's still a long way to go. There, there most definitely is a long way to go. The two games still going on. Astros lead the Rockies 4-0 going to the bottom of the ninth. A's and Red Sox has been a back-and-forth game. A's up 6-5 there in the top of the seventh. We'll come back. Final baseball thoughts on the card. I'll run through real quick my open championship plays, which gets underway late tonight on the West Coast, early tomorrow morning on the East Coast as we wrap things up. One more segment for us still to come right here on Sharp Money. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures and season win totals. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175. Or sign up on a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only 19 bucks to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. This offer ends July 31st, so don't miss out on these preseason deals. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to become a vcin pro subscriber today. As we welcome you back for the final time. Been great hanging out with Amal Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson. You and I are back tomorrow. We'll have Brian Ortega in the saddle uh, behind the glass because why? Well, you got to uh, you got to handle a little gone racing. Is that the thing? That, that what you're gone doing racing. Uh, race this week at Pocono. Our, our NASCAR uh, betting show. You have any bets you want to throw out for the, the viewers? I got. So for me with NASCAR, I wait till qualifying okay. in practice it's it's kind of like, you're just like mikhail with formula one it is but you know like last last week uh kyle bush wrecked in qualifying in practice you know what you're like okay this is a guy that you want to stay away for a win and whatnot i still bet him for a top 10 because he's kyle bush and winds up wrecking 50 laps in those are the type of things i want to look at who's got a good you know practice yeah. average 10 okay. to 20 laps Fair. so Fair. I, I, give it, I give it to you there. Uh, as far as the rest of the baseball slate, one other game I just want to get your thoughts on quick and all, since this was a pitching matchup that in you know, 2018 would have been like, all right, ace versus ace. But the decline of Jose Barrios has been like been uh, very much pronounced over the last couple seasons. And so that's why you have a total of nine tonight. You Darvish and the Padres against Jose Barrios and the Blue Jays. So we saw the, uh, the return of Alec Manoa was maybe a little bit premature. One good start against a really bad hitting team in the Tigers. The Padres, after getting swept by Philadelphia over the weekend, were all over Manoa and the Blue Jays last night. And seeing pretty much a pick market has gone, uh, hasn't really made a decision here. It's minus 120 consensus on the Blue Jays tonight with a total of nine there. And that's, that's to me, is a really fascinating handicap. Yeah, I'm not a big U Darvish guy. Uh, I've always thought he's been a bit overrated, you know, because he's got 8 million different pitches. None of them seem to be effective. <laughs> yeah. Didn't pitch too badly against Philadelphia over the weekend. Goes six innings, gives up one earned run. But... You know, he's been inconsistent. One earned run, three, four, and six, and, and four in his last five starts. This Blue Jays team had been playing well until getting the hiccup last night with Manoa on the mound against Joe Musgrove, who Musgrove has been the second best pitcher in baseball over the last eight weeks. Uh, but this is not a game I would touch. You mentioned Barrios on the other side. You know, his numbers are not bad. ERA 3.42, yeah. but uh, last two starts, 12 and a third innings pitch, just a one earned run, and two base on balls. So, might be a pretty decent spot if you like the Blue Jays to bounce back. Again, Ben, now this is one because the price is so low, I probably would not look at the run line if I took the Jays. But, I mean, plus 170 is always intriguing. I, I think so many times people get scared off. They'll make a play on the run line, lose the game, and be like, oh, I don't want to bet it. It's going to happen again, or you got beat by it. But over the course of a season, the majority of these teams outside of the Miami Marlins who don't have a ton of offense, they win their games by two runs or more. And you think about Toronto now, as much as we've talked about this whole battle at the top of the AL East with Baltimore surge, Tampa's struggles, 
Tampa struggles have opened Toronto very much back into the race. T- Toronto can get to within four and a half if they're able to win tonight. Six to one right now to win the division. They are in pretty good position to at least be in the, in the wild card burst. One of the three uh, in the AL. Is that a team you view has a legit, legit shot here? If the pitching is able to get more consistent and, and Brios avoid some of the regression that the advanced stats would say he is going to. Yeah. Gosman's been outstanding for yeah. this team. He's been an AL style uh, Cy Young contender. I like this team because of the offense, Bichette uh, Guerrero. Bichette's been an MVP candidate in any other year outside of what Otani's doing. He's been great. Uh, I think when you look in the American League, there's no team anybody should look at and say, I'm concerned about Texas. I'm concerned about Tampa, Baltimore, Toronto, uh, Minnesota, or Cleveland in the Central, Houston. It, to me, it's wide open. You can justify Seattle right now. I, Wyatt, if you could have them throw up the graphics on the American League pennant right now in terms of the odds. And, Ben, I think there's an argument to be made for multiple, multiple teams, especially anybody on some long shots. There's nobody who should be a prohibitive favorite at this point in time. Totally agree, especially with how the Rays have come back to earth. Astros, by the way, just won 4-1 win, beating Austin Gomber. The Rockies, Astros is a minus-160 favorite, way, way under there at Coors during a, in a day game, under 12-and-a-half. But the Astros are second choice at plus 425. Doesn't it kind of feel like, and, you know, it's one of those things where I always hate to be that better who is not in love with a team preseason that a lot of smart people seem to be on. Then that that team, and I'm, I'll use the Texas Rangers as this year's example, gets off to a great start, and I go, all right, well, I don't want to just admit defeat right away. I can't, I can't help but think, though, that with the lack of postseason experience, Rangers will be a team I look to fade once they get to October. Yeah, it's not a bad point at all. I think that's something they could run into a hiccup with. Uh, Mariners right now 30-1, to 1, the Guardians at 25-1. to 1. Ben, these are two teams that I would potentially make plays on because the Guardians have to win their division. I think they'll be able to get in that route. As I said, I believe they're going to win it. And the M's are dangerous. They have the pitching with Castillo. The uh, Kirby's been outstanding. This Gilbert, team, yeah, yeah, Gilbert, Wu, yeah. yeah. I mean, this team's got some opportunities here uh, in terms of the pitching staff. So if you want a long shot and you get in the postseason, we've seen what Philadelphia was able to do. We've seen some other teams in the past, and you can just hedge off the play and you know put yourself in a position mm-hmm. to be profitable. How do you feel now Now that we've had the rule change for the postseason about taking some of these longer shots when instead of just the one-off wild card game, now, you get, now it is all best of three-game series, which I do feel like changes the calculus a little bit. You're absolutely right it does because it gives a huge advantage to an underdog in a one-game scenario. Anybody can be beaten. Uh, I still think a three-game series in baseball is short yeah. because you're only talking – I mean, you could have – a great outing and you could have your next starter just go out there and throw six innings A bullpen takes it from there. You could easily beat a team in two games out of three very comfortably and just play well in that small stretch. It's, it's just, you know, Derek Jeter used to say it best. He goes, it's not the team that's hottest uh, throughout the course of the year, or the best team. He goes, it's, excuse me. It's the team that's hottest in October. Sure. I just, I can't help but think back to when, you know, when the nationals won the world series, they had to play in a one in one and done game to start the wild card round. If Trent Grisham does not slip in the outfield turf. Yeah. Milwaukee wins that game. Nationals are donezo, one and done, and we don't, we never have the legacy conversations that we've had about that that Nats team. No, you're absolutely right, and I mean, think about this: in the World Series, all seven games were won on the road between the Astros and the Nationals. I mean, so the home field advantage should not concern anybody. I think baseball, just like hockey, probably has the the least benefit of being home. Uh, obviously you'd rather be at home than on the road, but still, I think there's some opportunities here. When you look in the American league, even in the national league, I would say there's some opportunities sure. there as well. Milwaukee, they've got the pitching lack of offense, but remember the postseason tends to be lower scoring games. You don't have a ton of those 11 tens. Like we saw in three games last night. So for me, I, there's some teams you can take a look at and not be fearful. Even the blue Jays at seven to one. Right. As far as Milwaukee goes in that NL pennant, you got to see, you got to see Brandon Woodruff back healthy and yeah. looking effective to, to really feel good about a bet. But, but that's the point of all with yeah. the pitching they have, if they are able to all get healthy 
it's a team you don't want to see in regardless of any sort of series once you're down to more of a three uh, three man rotation. Uh, again, the one game still to go uh, going on right now. A's six, Red Sox five in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, I'm all again. So you you're looking at uh, at least for tonight going back to the well. Braves run line here and then taking a piece of Luis Castillo and the Mariners at about a dollar forty four price. Yeah, going up against Nelson here in a good spot for this team. Lost three in a row. This offense is. I mean, look, it wasn't the problem of the offense last night. Thirteen runs. That has to be the highest. That was the highest output of any team this year to lose a game. And yeah. so now you've got an opportunity with this team. Offense is fine. They'll bounce back on the pitching side with Morton on the bump tonight. I like the Braves run line minus 120. And then Castillo uh, going in this one today for Seattle against Kenta Maeda minus 144. I'll probably, knowing myself, I'll probably end up taking the run line here with Seattle. Right now, you can get about a plus 145 yeah. price there on the Mariners. The one thing I am looking at here, you can get uh, shop around. You can get under five, first five, Colin Ray from Milwaukee, Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia there at Citizens Bank Park. That's one that starts in just under an hour with the Phillies. About a dollar thirty-five favorite. Nine is the full game total there. Real quick before we wrap up, I'm all just to run through my, my open championship plays. I want to give those out uh, for the 151st open starts at Royal Liverpool early, early tomorrow morning on the East Coast. 1.35 a.m. Eastern time is the first tee time. Nice for us we get to stay up late i know you'll be up uh, playing poker probably so you'll probably have the tvs on in the background the uh, i i would check out the open championship look golf i think is one of the best sports on television yes because they just go from hole to hole to hole like to me i can't believe people go there and bunker down on one hole it's a really difficult spectator sport because yeah. you have no idea what's happening it's it's fun i love going to tournaments like at tory pines when it's mm -hmm. not a major and you can just enjoy you can follow some golfers but for a major it's tough. I like Brooks Kepka to win the tournament. Uh, best number you can find out there is 24 to one on, on Kepka shopping around a guy who has the open experience, the pedigree, having played his entire uh, junior youth career over the overseas in the European tour to begin and is looking to get a first clear jug. But Kepka is a guy who checks all the boxes and all to, at, at a very wide open, uh, especially a weather impeded type of course that we're going to see at Hoylake. Love his low ball flight, how it'll play on these, uh, these driving holes that are requiring a lot of accuracy, but also his distance accuracy combo will be a big threat. Uh, took him as well. Top 20 at plus one Oh five. Wanted to go with somebody who has a lot of open championship pedigree and experience and is a really good all-around player in Shane Lowry. Also very consistent above average off the tee in his accuracy. Took him plus 140 to finish in the top 20, the 2019 open champ. Taylor Gucci, live player at plus 260 to go top 20. And then Brian Harmon, top 40 at plus 125. Uh, really like Gucci's form winning three times on the live tour this year. Harmon, one of the most accurate strikers of the ball off the tee and has done really, really well on links courses in the past. The lefty has a, uh, has multiple T twenties at the open finished T 26. The last time the open was at Hoylick in 2014. And there we go. Open championship. Perfect. Can't Let's wait. go. Them all. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully. By the way, uh, will it be, uh, is John, is going to play in Atlanta by the way, next week, speaking of ATP, is that just going to be the auto bet of the, uh, <laughs> Every time the it, tournament calendar goes to Atlanta, you just bet John Isner to win that thing. I don't know if you can as much anymore. He is getting up there in age. Yeah, I, I will. Admit. I saw he's playing in uh, he's playing in Newport today, so that's uh, that's interesting to watch. Tune anyway, up. we'll be back tomorrow. I'm Al Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson. Wyatt Tomchek. We say so long from this latest edition of Vsin's Sharp Money. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.